Hello, uh, Facebook and world. Dan Edwards here with the Eastside Real Estate team. And this is your Seattle's Eastside Real Estate podcast for November 18th, 2020. What an amazing world we're living in. I want to welcome you all from online uh, to our wonderful uh, podcast. Now, whether you're jo joining us live and you're looking now, feel free to comment in the section with any questions or comments that you have. I'm going off script today, sort of. I'd like to talk about a couple of things. We're going to talk about the uh, Seattle area and the Eastside area housing market. We're also going to talk a little bit about what's happening with uh, the COVID and the lockdown restrictions in the area, how that's affecting housing. We're also going to welcome our regular guest, Doug Peterson, with Get Priority Straight. We're going to be talking about um, credit scores, what you can do to improve them, improving the credit scores, what, the, what kind of impact they'll have on your, uh, your buying power. Um, and then we're going to talk about our nomination family. So we've been talking about this um, both through all our emails going out as well as um, Facebook, social media stuff, how our team, the Eastside Real Estate team, has taken it upon ourselves to sponsor a family. And so we'll talk a little bit about the family that we picked out. We're keeping them anonymous, but we're going to give you enough details uh, to get you inspired to go out there and help us um, uh, raise some funds. So... Um, just so you know, this is a live podcast. We do record it. So if you're watching this, um, you know, after the live recording here today, feel free to make comments to share and add your questions because we'll follow up with those questions later. Um, you could also listen to us on anywhere podcasts are served up. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and our website at the Eastside Real Estate Team. So let's kind of jump into the content. The first topic that I talked about today, and I'm going to invite Doug. Doug, welcome to the show. This is Doug Peterson with Get Priority Straight. Welcome to the show, Doug. Thanks. It's good to be back. So Doug's been a regular guest here, and I thought, you know, him and I can, you know, spitball about a lot of these topics, and I would love to have his input on this, as sometimes I'm looking at it one way, and I'd love some input, so kind of your thoughts. The first one, of course, is the uh, housing market. Now, I'm going to try to see if I can't, um, I just did some reports, and I'm going to share my screen once I get these reports up, talking about the appreciation that we've seen. So Bellevue. Uh, Kirkland and Sammamish have all seen over 10% appreciation in the last year. So a lot of people felt last year that things were kind of slowing down, the market was balancing out, and it might be those buyers' opportunities to get a deal. Well, that changed pretty drastically. Um, and what we're seeing in Bellevue is the, the average home price right now is a million two. Um, now, that seems kind of normal because when you think about, you know, Bellevue and West Bellevue, those home prices are in the 2 million mark, but this is probably covering a very significant area. And Doug, I just like to know how long have you lived in the area, Doug? All my life. All your life. Okay. And you live in Kirkland now or? Yep. I'm in Kirkland, South Rose Hill area. Okay. Near Bridal Trails. So just for perspective, how long ago did you buy your home, your first home in Kirkland? Uh, my first home I bought in... 77. Okay. What'd you pay for it? Do you remember? $35,000. By the way, it was a dump. <laughs> it was a 960 square foot dump. And when you washed the walls that were yellow, it was actually a salmon color underneath. It, it, but the average price around that, that time was only about 44. Okay. So, so relative, it was a deal. It was a deal. It was yep. a deal. So how many years you spend in that house? We were there, uh, now 
you didn't prep me on doing math. We, <laughs> well, you're a financial guy, okay? Yeah. I'm assuming you can do numbers off the top of your head, right? We were there uh, about 20 years. 20 years. Okay. So 20 years, you bought it for 35000 Okay. Any idea what you sold it for? Well, yeah. Actually, you know I do uh, personal financial coaching. So yes. I sold it for 53000 because I used it for collateral in a business. Then I bought it back for 87000 and then uh, I sold it eventually for 168,000 after putting 20,000 into it. So I've had a little bit of a roller coaster, uh, which gave me the experience to do what I do. Yep. And then I bought the house I'm in now for 200,000 and it's just five blocks away. 200,000. And that was how many years ago? That was about 20, uh, 23 years ago. No, 20, 25 years ago. Wow, so 25 years ago. If you add up all those numbers, I'm 106. Yeah. <laughs> you're looking good for a hundred. I did buy my first house when I was 20. Now, and you know what? And I love that conversation because, you know, there are a lot of people out there that don't think that they can. And we'll talk a little later in the show about, you know, how do you get there? Right. Cause I mean, right out of college, you know, let's face it, it may not be feasible right out of college to buy your first home. I would challenge that this is the first time in our history that we've seen the level of affordability from the, the ability to borrow money. But of course, uh, that credit score is something that you can work on right away um, and protect. So we'll talk more about that. So, so really the, the, the gist of the, the housing market, and I think Doug is, is a great example of that, is the amount of wealth that it can bring you if you're willing to step into it. And I think that there are a lot of uh, would-be buyers out there that are just like, they just don't know what they don't know. Listen, there's down payment assistance programs. There's 3% down loans. There's a lot of things that you can do to get yourself in. And if you figure that if, you're, if you stand to make even half of what Bellevue appreciated it, which would be, uh, you know, they appreciated it at 12%, so 6%. Let's just say you, you bought a home and it didn't appreciate normal like the rest of the market did or things just slowed down. Even at half, if you were to put 3% down, you're now doubling that money in essence and you have to pay for a place. So one of the things, one of the statistics that um, in our prep that we were talking about was, you know, Washington State locked down and this has been the new norm. And I got to say, there's a lot of people out there that have really done some soul searching based on what they now can do. And the, the silver lining in the lockdown and the work from home is there's a tremendous amount of workforce that actually, if they make a right financial decision, could find an area to live in where they're actually paying a little bit lower cost of living and we can help them with that. So I'm licensed to sell homes anywhere in Washington state. Let's say you wanna move out of Washington state. Well, Keller Williams has a tremendous network that we um, are able to tap into not just a random agent that we you know, see at an open house, but actually we can actually vet them for you. So if you're considering a relocation, whether it to be another state or somewhere around Washington state, um, I can actually make a phone call and qualify three or four real estate agents for you and uh, help you find that specialist that will be perfect for your next adventure, whether it's uh, down south in say Tacoma, or if you're thinking to move to Vancouver, Washington, Spokane, Walla Walla, I hear has been growing really well. Or if you're moving to Phoenix, Arizona, um, Whitefish, Montana, some of the, these are some of the places we've helped people. Austin, Texas, uh, Boca Raton, Florida, 
uh, Virginia um, in uh, outside of DC, um, uh, Richmond, Richmond, Virginia, and um, also New Jersey, Patterson, New Jersey. Those are just some of the areas just this last year that we've helped people out. So, so with things- yeah, Dan, I yeah. want to add something there. My son is a global VP of sales for a software inter integration automation company, Nintex. And he had one of the salespeople move out to Indiana, bought about three times the house. That's where it was from. Mm -hmm. He can work completely remotely. And so you get a lot more money, a lot more for your money out there than you do here. Yeah. And he's and, as happy as can be. And that's, and that's the real truth, right? Is we're, we're missing a tremendous opportunity to, to do what you do well at a high level. And because we're forced to work from home, we've now figured it out. And that's great for, that's your son. Yep. My yeah. middle son. That's awesome. Well, hey, I have an extra incentive. If you're watching this video and uh, you mentioned this segment, I will send you one of these awesome Eastside Real Estate Team mugs. It's on the back. It says new home, new adventure, new memories. So the first person to comment on our Facebook post, I want a mug, we'll send this to you. Okay. So ding, little deal. Okay, so let's talk about the shutdown. Boo, it's no fun. There are many people that are like, listen, we got to do this. We want to keep people safe. I agree. There are some who are like me kind of going, oh, do we have to lock down? I know that it's a sensitive issue for many. And I will just say this, my heart goes out to those people that are suffering because of this. It's a tremendous, horrible disease or virus or whatever it is. And um, it's, it's tough. So um, support your local business if you can. Here's an idea. Um, buy a gift card and then throw it away, right? Because it's one way to help them through this situation. Because if you buy a gift card and then you spend it in January, they still have their cost of goods sold that they have to do. So you're, by just buying a gift card and throwing it away, you're basically just putting money in their bank and helping support a great local business. Shop local this holiday season. Find a local business that's uh, providing gifts and, and shop. Um, so one of the things that has changed in the real estate um, area is uh, about a month ago, they opened it up to allow us open houses, in-person open houses. And we had to recognize that there were only a certain amount of people allowed in the house at a time. So that goes away. We're going to be bringing back virtual open houses. Um, those can be very helpful for many people, but really touching and feeling a house is really part of the buy process. So just know that if you're a buyer out there and you can't do the open houses, know that you can schedule a one-to-one -one appointment, recognize the COVID protocols. I don't have them with me, but we bring little hand sanitizer uh, with us so that we, everybody can wipe in on the way in and on the way out. Um, and, and I will say this, uh, Jay Ansley did say that new construction can stay open. And I wanted to point that out because this is a really important consideration for our housing affordability. Um, building homes needs to continue. And Doug, I'd love to know what ideas you have to help increase the amount of new construction because that's the only way we're gonna alleviate a lot of this pressure on the market. Um, I know you weren't prepared for that question, but have you thought about it? Like, what can we do to increase production of homes in order to make it easier for us to build more homes and therefore lower the prices of homes or at least bring them uh, down a bit? Well, I don't know how to bring them down, but you know, the, the whole market's driven by demand. Yeah. And, you know, if there's less demand or less, you know, less inventory, obviously that drives the prices up. The more buyers you have, the more demand there is, the more inventory there's going to be out there and it creates more competition. 
So I think a lot of people put off preparing to buy a house until they're ready to buy one. Like, ah, well, not ready yet. We got to save the money. And I would just say, build that foundation now. And you know, Dan, everybody that you've gone in, you had completely pre-qualified. There were no issues, no blemishes. They were in a better position than somebody that, that wasn't. They were able to probably buy and be moved up to the, the top of the pack. So the other thing I would say, and it's a little off the question, is that more and more people I'm seeing getting income streams by buying houses that have an ADU or a basement that can oh, yeah. be easily converted, yep. or just building another building on their property for their parents or to rent out. And that's a great strategy because if you're looking at buying a, a million dollar house and you can create a revenue stream of two to $3,000, uh, you might have to invest a little bit to get that ready, but it's a, it makes building affordable and it also increases the, the density, which right now Kirkland is mandated to have 25,000 new people come in. Mm. They, the governor mandates each city, here's how much growth you have to have. You have to create this many new jobs. And it, I didn't you know, know they're that. not making any more land. Yeah, so the interesting... they're really pushing on this ADU idea, the additional yeah. dwelling unit. Yeah, in Seattle, they have this uh, density and uh, the, the developers are calling it DADU, which is additional dwelling unit, which basically does exactly what you said, is takes any lot and says you can put another unit on there doing what you're talking about. So it, it creates kind of an interesting new investment opportunity. And there are some builders out there that are, are targeting those areas where folks have a tremendous amount of equity in the homes and they can actually sell or finance the build of these, these homes and create a, almost like a, it's like a duplex, but they're detached, right? So like you said, additional dwelling unit on the property. I think that's an interesting way to go about it, right? Adding density, basically. Um, and I, I don't know, I have some crazy ideas like, uh, you know, I, I, in my head, it's build baby build, right? Is figuring out a way to safely speed up the process of permitting. This permit process, I got to tell you, I've got a, a colleague of mine that has been run through the ringer and all he's trying to do is build one house on a piece of property. And it's taken him two and a half years um, for the permit process. That's, that's ridiculous. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Anyways, so that is my Real Talk segment, super extended Real Talk segment talking about uh, the new world updating you on the numbers and uh, so we're going to take a short virtual commercial break so come on back after the commercial break and we are going to go deep with doug peterson on uh getting with getting priority straight to kind of talk about what we can do to improve and keep and use a great credit score come on back after this short commercial break Every business benefits from high-quality videos that greet their website visitors and immediately establish a connection on social media. While pictures and texts are great at giving details, a video conveys emotion and draws your audience in. Unified Cinematic Videography works with companies large and small to advance their video marketing goals. More than just a video production company, they help you discover your story and share it in a way that resonates with your audience, producing videos that create curiosity, and inspire action. Mention the Eastside Real Estate team and receive $500 off the website introduction video package on our website, regularly priced at $4,000. 
To learn more or schedule a free strategy session, visit unifiedcinematic.com. Welcome back. This is the Seattle's Eastside Real Estate Podcast, video podcast, live streaming on Facebook. Thanks for joining us today. I am here with Doug Peterson with Get Priority Straight, and he provides a program that helps individuals maximize their personal income, improve their ability to invest, and much, much more, having fun doing it. So Doug has founded eight businesses over his career and has perfected the system. So we've talked to, um, to Doug before. Some of the folks that he helps serve is Amazon managers, wealth managers, real estate professionals, attorneys, and technology professionals. Doug, uh, I mean, I, I already welcomed you to the show, but welcome to your segment. Yay. Good to be here again. <laughs> Good to be back. Well, so, so Doug, uh, we're going to talk about credit and uh, you have a very specific question here that, I, that you asked me to ask you, what is credit? You know, it, it's interesting how much we've been sold over the years about credit being part of our net worth. I've literally had finance people, people with finance degrees say, oh, I want to pay down that credit card so I have more liquidity. Credit is debt. If you owe something, you have debt. It's not liquidity. You can go get money, but liquidity is cash. So it's really important that people understand that credit is incredibly useful if you're buying assets that can appreciate, like homes. But it's very expensive if you live on it and fund your lifestyle and buy things that depreciate. Hmm. The average credit cost throughout the United States is 16%, but it's not uncommon to have 20 to 29% wow. interest rates. Uh, on credit cards. On, I'm sorry, on credit cards, yes. I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, which again, people are using credit to fund their lifestyle and then they get behind and then they go get a HELOC and then they do it again. So, so getting out of debt and not using, and using credit responsibly, it's fine to use credit, but pay it off or only use credit for things that appreciate is my position. So, so to, to kind of sum that up, what is the best way to use credit? Well, again, the, uh, I just alluded to that. Buying assets that appreciate, that appreciate faster than the amount you're paying on the, the interest. So like uh, stocks? Uh, no. <laughs> like I saw your face, you're like, oh, no, no, no. You could do stocks, but stocks are volatile. So I wouldn't fund stocks with debt. Mm -hmm. I would fund it with capital. Mm -hmm. It's hard to buy a million dollar house so you would want to fund that with a mortgage mm -hmm. and that's debt and you need credit to do that. But when it comes to, I think people really get a blurred line of, well, you know, buying a car, I'll just buy one and then I'll decide to buy another one and I'll continue to finance it. When what I teach is pay yourself a car payment. And when you have enough, buy another car and sell your old car and buy another car and continue to pay yourself a car payment. Cause if you're buying it on credit, you're doing that anyway, mm -hmm. but now you're your own bank. And that's really one of the goals to get to eventually is to not need to borrow money. Well, I know a lot of people, it, it kind of steamrolls, right? You just kind of get started and you get used to it. And then the minimum payment is fine. It's not a big deal. You're kind of going along and then tragedy strikes. And then you really uh, don't have any, um, uh, cash flow to speak of because you were using those credit. Um, so how can you help people get out of that 
credit card debt situation? So there's, uh, first it's building a foundation so you can figure out if you can actually live and have your expenses so they're within your means because you can't really reduce debt until you do that. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of strategies that are not commonly known. And there's some that are commonly known, like, you know, take the lowest payment and start pay it off the fastest, the smallest debt. So then you could take that money and pay it to the next largest debt. There's another school of thought that says, let's take the highest interest rate and pay that down first. What I do is I have everyone pay minimum balances, build up a cash emergency fund first before they do anything. So we're, we're paying hundreds to save thousands. Mm-hmm. Then we look at your whole financial scenario and we try to move most of your unsecured debt to secured debt, which will change your credit utilization and your credit score will shoot up. I had one client move 125,000 from credit card debt at 25% to a HELOC at 4.75% and his credit score went up 136 points in one week. Then he refinanced the HELOC into his home at 2.7 so he saved 23% on 125,000 and another 2% on another 150,000. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and now he's golden has one payment and we're aggressively paying that down or investing back into his business. In his case, he was an attorney and he needed to invest more back into his business to grow it. So the first thing you got to do is, is make, Uh, smart decisions about when to use credit, but let's say your credit score is kind of hammered. What do you do to help people raise that? So one of the least, there's three factors that you can look at that are really high impact on your credit. One is derogatory remarks. You know, they said this guy didn't pay. We went to collections. It was all kinds of problems. Another one is missed payments or late payments. And those are both high. The third one is credit utilization. And so many people are responsible people paying their bills on time. Maybe they have one 60 day late or one derogatory remark, or most often I find none, but their credit utilization is so high that they've got themselves boxed into a hole. And that's exactly what happened with the the story I just mentioned. He had perfect, no derogatory remarks, no lates. And when we got the credit score down, it's just an algorithm. When he got the, excuse me, the unsecured debt lowered into the secured debt, that changed everything. Now there's many ways to do that. And I'm really careful with people's retirement that you can borrow against your 401k to temporarily pay off those credit cards so that then you qualify to get a lower interest rate line of credit, HELOC, something else to restructure the debt at a lower rate. The average savings I get is somewhere between 15 and 20% interest savings Hmm. by restructuring. But just by restructuring. I think the thing that, that you, you said in there that I've always heard has the quickest impact is if let's just say you have a credit card that has a max of $1,000. And if you have $400 sitting on that, it's actually going to reflect a negative credit reporting until you get that under 30%. So if you dropped it down to only $275 on that card and waited about 30 days and kept it there, um, your credit score could have a pretty good impact just by doing that with, with all of any credit lines that you have is to be below 30% of what your, your max is on any given card. Is that correct? Yeah, to, to expand on that, let's say you have four cards and one of them's at 90% and all the rest are paid off. Mm-hmm. That's going to hugely negatively impact your credit score, probably 40, 50 points. Because of the one. So you'd be much better off 
doing a balance transfer onto the other cards mm -hmm. and get it, and that's going to be at 3% if it's a zero interest balance transfer for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And now you're paying 3% in one month, but you have a year and a half to pay it off and you're only paying the minimums at a very low rate. So again, it's looking at the whole picture. Yeah. But the point I wanted to make is that if one thing is high utilization and all the rest are low, it's still going to hurt you. Right. Right. And I think that's an important consideration because like you said, if you spread it out, if you, you, you know, rather than just paying one down right away is pay them all down or spread it out, obviously in that regard. All right. So last thing is uh, Christmas is starting early. The, the holidays are, you know, we got decorations in our office back here. Uh, everybody's putting Christmas lights up and doing their thing. Um, so is there a way I, even though we're into the season to plan ahead so that um, people aren't getting themselves in trouble over the holiday season with their uh, credit cards or spending? You know, I'm going to tell you something you probably heard as a kid and it's so simple, but we don't do it. And it's to just set aside some money, whether you do it in an envelope or, you know, you just go out and get some cash and say, this is what we're going to spend. Now I know that's a little harder if you're buying things online if you're not tracking and you don't manage your money, keep track of it because it's amazing how fast it goes out. If you add up Christmas trees, Christmas lights, food, all the baking stuff that you might do, presents you do, trips you do, I mean, it, gifts you do for, for charities. I mean, it can be a lot of stuff and it really adds up. Yeah. So I would say there's two things. One is if you can set aside the money so you don't have a credit card bill. One of the, other than fitness, Getting out of debt and getting organized is one of the biggest New Year's resolutions there is. And if you just don't create debt with Christmas, you have one less thing to deal with. Right. Then, you, yeah. And with lockdowns, it's now a challenge on the workouts. So, um, yeah. And, and there's one more piece of that. And that is that when there's scarcity, when you look in your wallet and you only have $200, you don't buy the $500 item. What? You get a lot say more. That again. That's like, that seems really groundbreaking. Could you say that again? Yeah, I know. It's pretty amazing. And <laughs> but listen, here's the idea. I went because it's COVID and I bought two heaters for outside under my deck. I have 400 feet and, you know, I spent $388. Well, I wanted extra propane tanks. I went, they're 35 bucks each. I went on next door. They were 10 bucks. I bought six of them for 60 bucks. Mm -hmm. Right. I have money in the bank, but why should I just waste it? Yeah, I agree. And so it's, it's about the planning ahead. And I think right now for business, we're doing business planning for 2021 for, for my team. And uh, what a great way to plan ahead financially for January than to kind of be intentional about it um, come, come uh, now, November, before, before the trouble arises, right? All right. So Doug, a lot of great conversations. I thank you for joining us. How can our watchers and listeners get in touch with you? Uh, Doug Peterson at GetPriorityStraight.com, but that's kind of a mouthful to spell. Okay. So if you want to reach me, just Doug at GPSASAP as soon as possible, .com, GPSASAP, or you can go to our website, GetPriorityStraight.com, but GPSASAP gets you to our website, and there's awesome. a scheduling link there. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Doug. Uh, if anybody wants an introduction to Doug, they can also reach out to us at the Eastside Real Estate team. After the break, we're going to talk about um, our team's goal of providing the best Christmas ever to one family, maybe more. Um, so please join us after this short virtual commercial break. The pest stops here. 
Green City Pest Control is your full-service pest solution for all your pest control needs. With an owner with 32 years experience, a board-certified entomologist, and rodent specialist, we do it all. Bats to rats, crawl space, or attic. Call us and we will resolve your problem. 425-413-9700. All right, welcome back to the uh, Seattle's East Side Real Estate Podcast. We thank you for joining us. Great discussion with Doug in the last segment. I want to now just kind of uh, put the word out there. And Doug, if you could help get the word out, this would be a tremendous service to us. Uh, we just got done sifting through 54 families here in the Seattle area. Uh, it's a lot, a lot of folks out there. As you can imagine, with 2020 being uh, the banner year in misery, I guess is a way to put it. Um, just a hot dumpster fire um, uh, going down a broken railway into a super dark tunnel. I don't know how else to describe it, but 2020 is uh, definitely one of those uh, years that will go back in infamy. I will say this though, there's tons of amazing people that I've gotten closer to um, as a result. So you got to find the positive lining in the dumpster fire. It's around here somewhere. Um, but along those lines is, like I said, 53 families that, um, you know, for, through no fault of their own have uh, come across hard times. And I'll just shortly describe the one that we have decided to sponsor, uh, a gal who had to relocate um, her family of uh, five, so herself and four children, all under the age, I believe, of 11, um, to the Seattle area, um, was getting her life on track, was going to Bellevue College. Um, her kids got enrolled in, in uh, various Bellevue elementary schools uh, when COVID struck. Um, she's in transitional housing and they are temporary. They only uh, allow for a certain amount of time. So um, she is trying to get back to school, but it's really difficult, as you can imagine, with School, uh, children of elementary school, you know, age children, um, when they have to be learning from home and online. So um, essentially our goal is to raise $5,000 uh, for this family to be applied towards most likely housing. We haven't really discussed that. We've got to kind of um, have the conversation of what's the most important so that we don't just hand them a check. We actually just uh, dedicate it directly to their, their, their most important need. In addition to that, we are asking not only for donations, any amount, you know, is totally fine. Um, please share it. So share with others, um, get more people, you know, it's cost of a latte or, you know, $25, um, you know, dinner out, skip it and donate for this family. Um, we're also looking to get gifts. So we'll have, I think we've discussed a wish list on Amazon um, where you can pick out the item that you want to purchase, have it wrapped and sent to our office. And then we're going to deliver that all right before uh, the Christmas holiday. So um, we're really excited. And it just, you know, I've, I've been in the, on the east side now since 2001, and it's a great community. But believe it or not, there's a lot of people that are having a hard time. So um, we just really feel like being a part of our community is figuring out a way to uh, use our influence to help a family locally. So if you can uh, take a look, the best way to donate is you go to eastside.team slash donate. Eastside.team slash donate. Um, you can donate and share that link. We're going to update the, some of the details there so that you can kind of find all the other resources you need. But um, yeah, if you can, please donate today. We would appreciate it. All right, that's 
the end of our show. And can you believe it, Doug? We are literally right on time. It says end of show 335. So I want to thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for the discussion. I appreciate it. And until next time, uh, if you have any real estate related questions, uh, you can reach out to us at the eastsiderealestateteam.com. If you have any financial related questions, reach out to us at the eastsiderealestateteam.com or gps.asap.com and Doug will help you out. We thank you for watching the show. Um, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We'll see you, uh, we'll see you ne uh, next month. Take care.